Well, hello, and welcome to the Whatever This Fuckery Is podcast. I'm your host, Valerie, and this episode is going to be about dating while trans, part two, my experiences. And before we begin, I would like to throw out there a term that will be used quite a bit, um... In this episode, and that was also used quite a bit with my interview with Danny in the last episode, and the term cis and cisgender is basically just means that you identify as a gender you were assigned at birth. So that basically means that, like, you if you're born a male and and you still and you're still a man or whatever, you know, like, it's the best layman terms I can put it. Basically, if you're born as a woman, and you're, you're still a woman, and you spend your whole life knowing and that you're a woman, and that's just about it. Bing, bang, boom. You know? It's, and, um, side note, for those people out there who may get all butthurt or uh, be all like, don't call me cis man or cis woman, blah, blah, blah. And you're being offensive and yada, yada, yada. It's like, fun fact? No, it's not offensive at all. Like, it's basically just an easier way to, when having conversations about trans people and then, like, non-trans people, it's, it's basically just a description in a way to just make things easier. And so it's just not... So it's just less confusing, basically. So with that out of the way, let us begin. Oh boy, where do I even start? <laughs> I guess really the best place to start is with my ex-boyfriend, who I was completely head over heels in love with. Uh, we dated when... During my first year transition. <laughs> I guess, for a side note, the reason why I'm starting with him, <laughs> primarily because, um, he was the first relationship and person I actually dated since, in like, five years, really? Because, um, after my mom passed away, I had, and I moved back up to New York, I had decided to stay single and work on myself and I remained single for five years just working on myself. I was in therapy trying to handle and deal with uh, the grief over my mother um, and I was working on myself in ways of boosting my self-esteem, boosting my self-confidence and boosting uh, self-love for myself. Uh, I was very adamant in making sure I spent time on building myself up. So then that way, when I felt like I was ready to start dating out there in the world, I would be better suited, really, um, for the person and for myself as well. Because... Well, like they say, 
you have to have love for yourself before you can really have the love for others. It's just better to have that self-love foundation in that in yourself before you get involved with somebody else because you don't want to make them the whole center of your world and use them as a crutch, which what I'm about to get into is kind of what I ended up doing with my ex-boyfriend who I was about to start talking about. <laughs> but so yeah, I started, I met him and started dating him, I want to say five months into taking hormones. And it's important to say this because when you first start taking hormones, at least for trans women, your first year of hormones and and transitioning is an entire roller coaster. Uh, hormones don't only change you physically, they also change you emotionally and mentally. It's basically literally like a second puberty. That's why you always hear us describing uh, transitioning as a second puberty, because it literally is a second puberty, you know? Especially, at least in my experience, when you're just all over the place emotionally, you have, you're, you're feeling everything more intensely, um, your, your brain and the chemicals in your brain and are trying to get used to the changes of the estrogen and the effects of that too as well. So you have to start learning how to handle your emotions and how you feel your emotions differently. And <laughs> yeah, pretty much it's just, it's second puberty and it's a lot to take in. And while you're at it, you're also excited about the changes and you're making so many clothing style mistakes because you're like, ah, I'm doing this and you want to try everything on and wear all the things that you you always thought of dreaming and thinking of wearing. So it's just like, ugh, the first year of transition is always your worst. <laughs> I guess it's not really always for everybody, but majority, is especially for me, you're one year, you're just an entire wreck, an entire mess. And I had met my ex. Um, I remember we, I invited him over um, and to watch Skins, uh, the UK version, of course, because Skins UK is the main and best version. Uh, the US one, let's, let's all forget, doesn't exist. Okay? Alright, cool. Or wait, should I phrase it the other way around? Let's not forget that the U Skins US version ever existed. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> and, um, because I'm always a very overly nervous and shy person. So I barely ever make the first moves. And especially because I, I, I just don't know how. I'm very, uh, in my head about stuff and, uh, about boundaries. You know, I never really want to uh, cross into anybody else's boundaries without asking for their permission first or, or knowing it's okay to, like, I don't know, kiss them or hold their hand or put my hand on their leg or thigh or anything. I basically just, I don't do anything until I know it's okay to do so. And, um... 
he ended up being the one to uh, make the first move and he kissed me and stuff happened yada 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 <laughs> I ended up being his first trans girl <laughs> um, which is actually a funny thing I ended up being lots of people's first trans girl <laughs> And I don't have a problem with that. I kind of like it. Honestly, I'm, um, I don't know. I just like being people's first trans girl because I know that, well, first of all, I'm beautiful. I'm really good in bed. And also, I take pride in giving people uh, their first experience with a trans woman a really good experience. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm just... I'm really just like talking myself up right now, but <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm so yeah. <laughs> um, and then I don't know. There was just always this this connection I felt from with him. You know, I I'd always felt this very strong connection to him, and we would we would talk for for like really deep conversations and and spiritual conversations, and I like those kind of things, you know? I really like people who I can have deep conversations with. And for me, when it comes to dating, I've always only gone for people who I have felt a strong connection for, uh, with, or, like, strong feelings for. If I don't ever feel any, like, uh, heart-pounding or, like, uh, stomach butterflies or a connection or just any physical uh, meanings of an attraction to the person. And I mean that as in, like, you know, just the heart beating faster, um, the butterflies, I usually don't pursue them. But, so with him, I just felt this really strong connection. And it was really good, you know? He was really cute, my exact type. He was like nerve. He was a very shy, nerdy little, um, well, not little, but he was a very shy, nervous, awkward boy and and skinny, which is always my type. <laughs> my type is always the nerdy, awkward, shy types. And also another type that I have is I tend to prefer guys who are more androgynous or. Or, like, more androgynous and, like, femi, or, like, kind of, like, feminine in a way. Um, I've never really liked the whole stereotypical uh, gender norms of a male. You know, I've never really been into the whole machoism, never been really into the whole sports-type guys or things, or never really, like, the whole macho masculinity thing. Um... And I'm not really big on muscles. Uh, like, I like somebody who's toned and fit, you know, but if it goes into, like, too many muscles, it's just kind of unattractive to me. Because, I, I mean, too many muscles aren't really that attractive to me whatsoever at all. So, I just can't. So, my type is just tends to be kind of, like, toned or skinny or fit types. And the little, the, the, uh, an alternative. I've always had a thing for, like, alternative people. So, um alternative, androgynous, like, punky, punk rock, gothy, uh, skater, skater types. And it it ended up being the same for women, too. Uh, for women, I've, I've liked them being, like, 
uh, alternative gothy um, punk rock type of woman. Um, so yeah, I I have a type, but yeah. So he was really sweet, and I I fell for him so so hard, and I always kept thinking and hoping that I was doing a good job of checking in, having open, honest communication about uh, how things are going, um, whether um, he wanted to keep going and being exclusive or like be a thing. Like I always, every step of the way, I wanted to make sure that I followed through with steps of keeping an open, honest communication and relationship. I, I wanted I wanted to to have a good one, uh, a right one, and and do everything the right, healthy relationship way. And he was also ended up being the first boy who ever actually brought me home to meet his family, and it felt so amazing. Like I really loved it a lot. Like, he brought me home to meet his mom and his family for Hanukkah. And uh, it was my very first time getting to experience Hanukkah. And I loved it so much. I really did. Uh, I cherish that experience and memory with them so much. And his mom is a complete and utter sweetheart. Uh, I, I fell in love with his mom. And his sister was cool. His dad was cool. His grandfather is the sweetest person ever. And his entire family were so... Uh, open and accepting and tolerant and they're just amazing lovely people and I miss them since we ended up breaking up but gosh oh my god his mom's locked keys and his mom's uh, uh, matzo ball soup is amazing oh my god I loved her matzo ball soup and it was my first time ever uh eating matzo ball soup and it's so amazing i still think about it i still crave his mom's matzo ball soup so much (laughs) um and i also got to experience passover with them and i fell in love with passover as well the whole cedar plate tradition and it was all just a really amazing beautiful experience and I I really ended up wishing that I was born Jewish so I could have gotten to experience all these things most of my life you know anyways I do miss his mom a lot that there was one part of it that when we broke up that was another thing that was hard for me was realizing that I was also not going to be able to like chat with or talk to or hang out with his mom again and she was really somebody that I could see. See, the problem with our relationship was that I wanted something long term. I was looking for a relationship. I was, I ended up moving things too fast, and he wasn't really ready for any of that. And he was also young still too, like twenty, twenty one, and I was twenty, twenty five, twenty six at the time. I think. So I get it and understood, and he was just in college and trying to find himself and find his life. And but so yeah, part of me in my head, if I kept thinking and imagining if like 
things worked out and when we were still together further into the future, she would have been like, I would have loved to have her as my mother-in-law. And I was really looking at her and seeing her in a motherly way. But uh, things just be- didn't really work out between us only because, like I said, when you first, your first year, you're completely all over the place emotionally because, you know, you're, you're trying to also find your st- right exact stable uh, hormone dosage genes. And I was, I ended up kept upping my uh, dosages every three months, basically, um, to get to the max dosage, which was like around eight milligrams. So, of course, when I'm constantly like, upping the estrogen and it just I think while I was getting used to the whole estrogen and the estrogen levels and trying you know when everything's unstable and you're all over the place emotionally my first year transition I was a complete and other entire wreck of a mess emotionally and mentally uh, my depression got really really bad uh, trying to deal with and handle the grief of losing my mother got overbearing. Uh, everything would feel way too overwhelming for me. And there were times where I just kept... I was really suicidal too at the time. And I I leaned way too hard on him emotionally. And I made him out to be like my savior. And it... It got it got to be too much for him, you know. Uh, when we broke up, it ended up being that he. The reason behind it all was that he's he's a people pleaser. He he goes along with things and tells them or does things to make them feel good and happy, or well, not really make them feel good or happy, but like just to make things. Um, go well. He, well. Like I said, he's a people pleaser, and he's an empath. Um, very empathetic, and I just he felt way too much pressure with me, and he didn't want to hurt me, and and he couldn't figure out a way to end things. And I was just such an entire, completely emotional wreck and mess all the time, anyways, and just so suicidal and just. I attempted a few times, and it just got to be too much for him. And I don't blame him. I really don't. Um, I completely understand. I, uh, I see, I also tend to be a type of person who, if I fall for somebody, I fall really, really hard, and I, I put my everything into them. And I tend to be overbearing, overwhelming, um, just, I just to be, I'm trying to find the best way to word it, but I tend to be like, if I love somebody, I, it's, it's all or nothing for me, basically. It's just, I love you and I get obsessive and I'm just all over you. I, I can tend to be a little needy or clingy. And so, like I said, I, I, I got to be too much from him. He, he felt too much pressure 
and I made him out to be uh, my savior, you know, like, like he was gonna make things all better. And that, that kind of pressure and that kind of overwhelming was never very much so fair for him whatsoever at all. And I feel bad for that. And I just fell for him so hard. And I, I think I made things move a little bit too fast for him because not only was um, his first trans girl that he ever got to uh, sleep with, but it was also his first actual girlfriend and first relationship. So everything was new for him, and he was in college. He was only like 21. You know, that poor kid. Ugh. It was basically one of the things of wrong timing, and we were both completely in different places in our lives, and I've had, I had a lot of things I had to work out and I had to try to figure out and get myself under control. He always kept telling me that how I should have tried to get on antidepressants. That was always a conversation we would always have. He'd be like, you should really try antidepressants because they help me out a lot. I never would because I've always been really, really deeply afraid of antidepressants because of my mother. Um, she was off and on antidepressants all the time, and she was taking them for a while there, and then stopped taking them, and and then she ended up, like, killing herself, so, you know, kind of pushed her over the edge, and of course I know that um, it's because she misused them, and when you're doing antidepressants, you should never ever go off and on them like that, or or take them and just randomly stop them cold turkey because then that's when you get pushed over the edge. But I'd always just had so much fear around that and I, I and I had another fear that was I would end up like my mother and I just I was too afraid to try them. And that was another thing that was hard between the both of us is I was he also had really bad depression and anxiety and and then there's me who also had really bad depression who was also transitioning and taking hormones and who was feeling everything so much more overwhelmingly and and having to get used to and adjust to the way I am feeling now and I was just all over the place and I was a wreck and you know it just it just wasn't fair on him. And, I don't know, we ended up breaking up, and it really, really hurt me. I was completely devastated, <laughs> completely brokenhearted. Part of me always wonders, though, if we would have made it uh, as a couple or a relationship if I hadn't been so suicidal or if I had gotten my depression under control or if I had taken antidepressants like he suggested and gotten myself stable and not so stressed out all the time and just so all over the place emotionally if we would have made it or if we still would have ended up breaking up but that's that's just how things ended up, and it ends up turning out to be a pattern in me that always um, ended all my relationships was my mental health, and 
my depression. Um, we, he, after he and I ended up breaking up and everything, and I was still, still in therapy with the one that I loved so much, <laughs> uh, the really good one that I had, uh, we would talk about it a lot, and after that, I kind of learned and came to realization that I had abandonment issues, that, um, not, not that, uh, I felt that he abandoned me, not at all, um, I mean, I guess it kind of had to stem from that, but it came to my realization that I had abandonment feelings and issues around my mother, and how I felt like her suicide was basically her leaving me and abandoning me in a way. And so I started working on opening up more about those feelings I that had came to realization. realization. Um, Because I guess, yeah, I did kind of feel a little bit uh, abandoned by him, but, you know, it is what it is. It was a very hard breakup on both of us. Um, And then I would reach out to him and probably did so a little too soon or too early, but um, we started talking again. I went off on him a couple of times over things he would say, and it wasn't his fault, it was mine, because I overreacted. I always overreacted and said, said things or took things the wrong way. You know, like, he would tell me he missed me or that he loved me, but only, but he would mean them in the ways of an, an affront, platonic friendship way, and I would take it into, because I was still so in love with him and still wanted him so badly that I was, in my head, I was taking it in other ways and I thought he was playing with my head and I lashed out on him a lot. Poor kid. But eventually I, uh, for some reason I had gotten it in my head that we would get together again and he had and they're telling me that he'll see somebody, and uh, and it hurt me and broke my heart even more. I was devastated again, and I just completely stopped talking to him for a while. For several months, actually, I just was like, I'm going to cut you off, and I had to get you out of my life and close that chapter, because I was just so, so obsessed with him, like, and so in love with him, and it was very unhealthy. I think I kept holding him back and dragging him down, which was, I was, I have basically just been so, so, so extremely unfair on him, um, when I look back on it all. And it's all because I always kept overreacting and just feeling for him so intensely. But now we're, we're, we're really good friends and I'm glad to have him back in my life. I ended up reaching out to him and... Uh, apologizing. We talked through some things, and and I that connection is still very strong and always will be with him, and still there. And now we're just really close friends. And he's thanked me a lot for how much I've meant to him in his life, and help, and I've helped him boost his self esteem and his self confidence and feeling more comfortable in himself and in his skin and feeling more comfortable and being his true authentic self. I've helped him uh, be more comfortable and, and coming out as bisexual and everything. So 
in a way, I think we were meant to cross paths, uh, just not meant to be relationship types, you know? I think we were we were always meant to be together, but in a friendship platonic way. And I'm I'm very glad to have met him and to have loved him and to experience everything we have experienced with each other. And so, so, so very glad to have gotten to meet his mom and his family and been a part of it and gotten to experience and been a part of Hanukkah and Passover because I loved those two experiences and those two days so, so very much. I still cherish both Hanukkah experience and the Passover experience with him and his family dear to my heart. It meant so much to me. And I even still uh, ended up reaching back out to his mom. I mean, I don't talk to her like through my text messages because sometimes I feel like that's a little too weird and awkward. <laughs> I don't know if if that crosses boundaries or not, but um, once I uh, remade up with with him, I added, added him on Facebook and his mom on Facebook, and uh, yeah, she's just a complete, total sweetheart. I love his mom so much. And I guess moving on after uh, my seven-month relationship with him, he was also ended up being my longest relationship I've ever had, up, leading up until now, my current boyfriend. We've been together a year and six months. He's my longest. But I'll get to him later. <laughs> after my ex-boyfriend, I had ended up exploring polyamory with this girl I had a crush on and who I had met back before I dated my ex-boyfriend. So now I'm going to have to do a little uh, history backtracking. <laughs> um, I first met this girl. Uh, she was a trans girl. And uh, back before I had started hormones, I was questioning my gender. Uh, I think at the time I was identifying as non-binary. And we talked on, we met and talked on Grinder. I was actually the one who reached out to her because I would know the first thing I noticed about her profile picture. I was like, oh, skinny and kind of femmy looking. I, I'm attracted. I hit her up and I was like, oh, hey, are, are you non-binary? Because at the time she was identifying as non-binary too as well. And she's like, yes, how'd you know? And... I said, yeah, because I identify as well, and we chatted up for a bit. Uh, turned out she needed a place to stay because her parents kicked her out when she started hormones. And I was like, yeah, sure, totally. You can cr crash and hang out with me. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, I think when we actually had first met in person, she came over one night and brought video games and... We sat and played games, and we cuddled and talked, and we ended up kissing, I think, and I don't know, laying in the bed with her, I was, I was attracted to her, and it was different for me, because at that time, I had only dated men, and thought I was only attracted to men, so to be with this trans girl, and to have been attracted to her and I loved her her curves her natural feminine curves that she had going on and her soft skin and 
her boobs were actually the first boobs I had ever actually sucked on <laughs> and touched and played with. But, um, I don't know. Something about her. I was very attracted. And I had a crush on her. And we chatted and talked and everything. And, uh, she needed a place to stay. And so I ended up letting her crash with me and live, live with me for a while. And that setup happened for about several, well, not several, for only really about just like two weeks. Uh, she had a lot of anxiety and a lot of, uh, I don't know what kind of issues. I don't know. It's, I didn't, it was the first time I had met her. I just know she had a lot of anxiety and she couldn't, she was used to living out in like the country areas. Um, so she wasn't used to staying in a city where I was staying, living on. So even the noises in the city just gave her bad anxiety and she would disappear in the middle of the night and yeah, I don't know. I'd be worried. I'd message her and everything. She, she would always take a while to get back to me and then she would show back up. I wanted to get something going with her, uh, cause back then I was a bit slutty, and I hadn't used to have a lot of hookups. I've never really been a person who was... I've never actually had, like, full, long-term relationships. Uh, I never could actually manage them. Um, I mean, before my current boyfriend and then my last ex-boyfriend, who I already told you guys about, uh, I, I had only dated somebody for, like, six months back in college when I was, like, 20. <laughs> um, uh... But I'm not really sure that story because that's back in my gay boy days. I'm keeping it strictly to the trans and transitioning timeline. <laughs> but, um, so sharing this backstory story is pretty important because she's the whole reason, not the whole reason really, but the one who encouraged me to take hormones and transition. So I'd, I was actually jealous, you know, I'd sit there and tell her all the time, but like, Wow, your boobs are so so cute, and I love your body and your feminine and you're like, and you're like your feminine curveness, that natural curve. Because like I've always had a thing for like natural curves, especially in guys. Like any time a guy would have that natural curve to their body, oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> um, I've always been attracted to androgyny and androgynous people. I really have. It's just oh my god, androgyny is so beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. But yeah, so I talked to her all the time about how like I'm I'm so envious and jealous of your curves and your boobs. And she was like, I think you might be trans and you should try hormones. And I was like, oh yeah, I thought about it before. Because before I'd met her, I actually did consider calling uh, Planned Parenthood when I found out that they do uh, informed consent. Um, and I called one day and while I was ringing, I completely got scared and I just hung up. <laughs> so that was my one attempt at trying. Um, but she, she encouraged me. She, uh, she taught, she told me everything about her hormones and, and everything she felt and experienced, um, leading up to then. Uh, she sent me a bunch of links all about hormones and 
and how they affect you and what they do. Uh, so I read up on a lot and then I just finally decided to give it a go and give it a try. Because uh, I was figuring, you know what, I'm just going to call them, make the appointment for informed consent and try hormones and see how I feel on them. If it just see if it, it feels right, you know. If it didn't work out, I would just stop taking them, and at least I tried it, and I, I knew, right? Uh, and so she actually ended up going with me to my very first informed consent consultation at Planned Parenthood, and I was so nervous and scared, and I was crying on the way there, and I got there, and she stayed in the waiting room with me, and... It all went well, you know. I uh, signed it all. I ended up finally picking up my prescriptions. And after literally just seven days of taking it, well, not really just seven days, but like even just within the first three days of taking estrogen, I felt so much better. Like I felt more comfortable in my body. I felt. I just felt so much more comfort in myself and my body. Because for years I've always hated my body and I'd pick my body apart. I I used to always hate and pick apart my broad shoulders and and I would and I always wished and that I had a more like androgynous or curvy feminine body. And I just I can't believe it took me twenty five years to realize I was tra- transgender now as a trans woman and ugh. For when I was in today's days, kids these days are lucky getting to know all this. I didn't, you know, transgender was a thing until I was like 18 and in college. And even then, I didn't really think it, it was that I was trans, you know. Anyways, back to the whole story about her. <laughs> so yeah, she's the whole reason uh, I ended up transitioning. I guess not really the whole reason, but she definitely encouraged me and pushed me in that direction. And uh, she gave me plenty of, plenty of, like, info to read up online about everything before I made the choice and the decision. Uh, So it was very helpful. And um, sadly, she isn't moving out after two weeks. And she, she moved back in with her parents and everything. And then I stopped hearing from her for several months or so. Um... We ended up talking again when I was dating my ex-boyfriend, and she was telling me about this girl she was dating and how they're doing polyamory, etc., etc. And I was like, oh, I, I wonder how that works. And I was thinking about it, and because um, I always assumed and thought I was monogamous. And then it, it kind of clicked and hit me that, well, I'm dating this boy right now, and I love him, but then I realized that I still had feelings for her. And I brought it up with him, and we, he and I, uh, my ex-boyfriend, we we agreed to explore and try out open relationship and everything. And I explored that, and I realized that, yeah, I actually am capable of having feelings for more than one person and everything, you know? I, I was still attracted, had a crush on her, I was in love with my boyfriend and at the, my ex-boyfriend at the time. And anyways, after all that backstory, <laughs> I tend to ramble a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so after we, we me, my boyfriend and I, we had bro- broken up, uh, I had 
I ended up reaching out to her again, and we ended up, and she stopped dating her ex and everything, so she was free. We hung out. It was actually a Halloween, I think, so we hung out and everything. Um, still had a crush on her. We she had gotten really really drunk. <laughs> I remember I had to like take care of her and try to like walk her to back to my house because it was like really late in the middle of the night and she wanted she was hungry and so we tried walking to Denny's I believe but then she started feeling really really sick and wobbly and so I, we walked back to my place and she threw up a lot and I don't know she was a mess an entire mess. <laughs> Uh, she was telling, when she had gotten really drunk, she was telling me about how, uh, uh, she's, she's no good for me and that we really probably shouldn't try exploring anything and how, uh, she, she can't really take care of herself. She feels like she, she needs somebody to, to be there with her all the time, 24 seven and to take, help take care of her and cause she's so needy and anxiety is so bad and and at the time I was working full-time um at Panera Bread and I was I had my own uh, apartment and she lived about an hour away and at the time I guess her car wasn't working so I used to take a lot of Ubers all the way out to see her <laughs> uh crazy of me crazy 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 of me <laughs> um they were like $50, $60 back and forth from her place to my place or from her place to my work or from my work to her place. I pretty much completely maxed out my credit card just from taking Ubers to see her. Um, and now I'm still trying to pay off that credit card debt. Hopefully I will one day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just, I knew it was a bad choice and it was a bad idea to get involved with her. I even would talk about it in therapy like, I know I shouldn't, but I, I, I love her and I want to try this and I want to be with her and I knew it was going to just end up horribly devastating. <laughs> um, and it was a really bad choice and I even was talking to about it with my best friend knowing about it all. I knew the bad choice I was making, but I didn't care because I had loved her. I wanted to be with her. So we tried dating. Um, I spent a lot of time at her place, uh, and then a lot of time. It was a bit of a mess because all she really did was play video games all day and smoke weed a lot. And I was trying to keep up with her. And I think after a while, the amount of... Cause I'm not... I mean, I smoke weed, but not like as much as she does. And I think I was trying to keep up with her. And since I'm not used to it like she is, it just kind of started messing with me mental mental health wise um like I think I was beginning to dis feel like dissociation feelings and so I ended up experiencing some derealization for a bit there from just all I I was going through so much stress at that time you know I was trying to keep up with her um I was stressed out with trying to uh with finances and my job, um, all, I think smoking all that weed and trying to keep up with her was also caused some dissociation and the, the derealization because, because I wasn't used to smoking that much and I just, 
I began spiraling down really, really poorly, and my and it was also around the five year anniversary of my mother's suicide, and that year it hit me so much harder than all of the other ones, and I had. I kept trying to kill myself, and I ended up landing in psych ward for a while. Well, not really for a while. I was in the psych ward for, like, three days. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Uh, at least at the hospital I stayed at, uh, when they are evaluating you, I was stuck in this room with just a camera. It was basically just a white room, and it had a camera, and there was nothing else to it. I was just I was just there in that room, trapped with nothing else or nothing at all but my thoughts. And it was the I I wouldn't wish that on my enemy. It was the worst thing to ever experience. It, it being trapped there with your thoughts and 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 just it was so lonely and I was trapped with just myself and my thoughts and and <sighs> after that experience of being like that for like literally a, a whole entire day until they after they evaluated me and they moved me up to the psych ward uh it I, I ended up being deeply afraid of being alone <laughs> you know I, I never wanted to be alone ever again after that, I never want to experience something like that ever again. I never, I was, I was afraid, and I began to start like distrusting uh, doctors or like therapists because um, I was afraid that if anything I had said, it would lead me back to be being trapped in a room all alone with nothing but my thoughts. Uh, it's. It was horrendous. And it was such a very, very bad, bad, dark time in my life that I had to recuperate from and had to rebuild myself up from because I had spiraled so, so crazily out of control. The derealization had gotten so bad. Um, I was at my job and and... Which was one of the reasons why I led to me ended up being in the psych ward is that I I was at the cashier and taking an order or whatever and I all of a sudden I just felt like no, nothing felt real I, I I felt very empty and hollow and just wondering if anything was real and I took I went to the back I took a knife um a chef's knife and I went into the corner and I like. Uh, sliced my arm with it. Not a deep one. It was like a minor slice or a minor cut. It wasn't even like, didn't even need stitches or anything. It looked, and if anything, it looked more like a scratch. And the pain finally brought me back. And, and I started crying and I uh, called my therapist at the time and talked to him about it. And then I ended up, at, and ended up being at the psych ward only because I had told, well, this was after I've finished stop talking to uh seeing him at uh, around this time is when he was leaving the counseling place that he was at for to start his own private uh therapy place 
and it ended up being the place that he was going out to was like an hour away by bus. And as much as I would have loved to stick and stay with him, I had, I, I had to let him go because there was no way I was going to be able to, uh, travel a whole entire hour out, out to where, out to him for a session and travel another on the bus and then travel another hour back and fit it all to be able to get to my work um shifts at the same time it was it was just an extremely extremely dark stressful time and uh, around this time when all this was happening she and ended up um getting back with her abusive drug addict ex-girlfriend and that was another thing that was a huge problem between us is that she was she had drug problems and she liked to do a lot of drugs so when those two got back together she and this actually happened back when I was ended up being in the psych ward for a few days um she had moved in with left her apartment and moved in with her ex-girlfriend and her ex-girlfriend's boyfriend or something like that I don't know uh this was also all back when I was exploring polyamory so (laughs) um I told her that if we were, well, me and her were supposed to be the primary uh, couple and then her ex-girlfriend was going to be her next. I didn't trust her ex-girlfriend after everything that her ex-girlfriend did to her in the past. And I, I kept trying to tell uh, her, uh, I guess, I guess she was my girlfriend at the time, but it didn't last whatsoever at all. It only lasted a month. Her and I never really made it past anything <laughs> oh, more than a month. That was a terrible time. <laughs> And, um, she was doing drugs and everything, and then finally, because I guess everything that was going on with me, she was deeply afraid and worried that I was going to kill myself, and she wouldn't be able to, uh, handle that. She didn't, she was telling me she didn't know how to handle that, and she, she, she couldn't handle that, and she, she was feeling, like, guilty and feeling like, um, she had to try to keep me from killing myself or and um and that if I did do anything um that she would feel like it was her job to keep me from doing it and that the only reason feeling like she even asked me one time uh, if like if I w- was going to k- kill myself and I was like no I just mean I just think about it but you know I I, I was that was dumb I told her like I think if it wasn't for you, I probably would have. And then that, you know, created the seed of doubt. And the more, as usual, you know, the whole pressure. And then that was one of the reasons why we broke up. But with being with her, it was, it was not good. Just because, like I said, she was a drug addict. She was also very emotionally manipulative. She would do this thing where she liked to she always said that she liked she liked to have like serious actual conversations with you uh if only if you were like drunk or high so she like she would got me really drunk one time just to have conversation behind how about us and how my feelings for her um about how she didn't think it would work out because she's she need somebody to actually take care of her and everything um and she she doesn't want to hurt me 
And I told her, I'll manage it and do it because I want to be with you. And I put her first before myself <laughs> and all her needs before ahead of myself. Like, her anxiety had gotten so bad and and she had been through so much trauma that, like, uh, she would just need me there. And I would, anytime she needed me, I'd try to get there as fast or as soon as I could. And it was just an entire mess. And actually, the t- when she ended up asking me about if I was going to kill myself or or anything, she had, she got me to uh, really, really high and, and asked me then. Because to her, she always said that uh, drunk or intoxicated people are more honest. And so she purposely did things like that and would have serious conversations with you to get your honesty about it and after the first time she did that to me when she got me really drunk I told her straight out that I did not like that she did that to me and to please never do that to me again and lo and behold she did it again I got she purposely got me really 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 high and then asked me if I was going to kill myself and everything and and then just so because she thought I would be more honest in both situations and yeah it's it was just a mess she's and it's not completely her fault you know I mean she's borderline personality disorder so it's just like she couldn't really handle all the things I had going on with me emotionally and and grief wise she me leaning on her whatsoever at all was not going to work or help at all because then she would feel too much pressure and her anxiety would be so bad to the point where like even her anxiety just makes her throw up. <laughs> and I was taking a taking care of her kind of position. You know, like there'd be times where she would just start vomiting nonstop and, you know, I remember like I cleaned it all up or we took a shower together and I bathed her and washed her all off and she would always just tell me how I'm such a nice person and how she always put like hope in others again but I think the fact that I just wasn't up to her being as fucked up as her and she always just felt like she didn't want to bring me down and ruin my life and that we were completely different people you know the fact that what with her and her drug addict problems and all the trauma she's been through and her not being able to handle um the guilt or the pressure of my depression and my mental health or if I ever hurt myself or killed myself she wouldn't be able to deal or handle that whatsoever at all and so things just ended really badly (laughs) but we ended up being friends, and I always still had a crush on her, and she always knew, but the thing with her, especially since, like I said, she's borderline personality disorder, I noticed from every encounter or interaction between us, she would only ever actually reach out to me when she was single, not dating anybody, and lonely. And other than that, 
uh, if she was dating somebody, I would never hear from her for like months, 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 months on end. She would never, she always ghosted me. She would never return my texts or messages. Um, but whenever she was lonely or single, then I would, it was like, I was always getting messages from her uh, as we were always hanging out. You know, it was, it always just kind of felt like I was just there if she never had anybody else. Um, and I learned her patterns and I just kind of learned to just like, yeah, she's a mess and to be with somebody like that is never really gonna happen (laughs) to let that go and let her go. And like I said, I've learned from my experience with her and then my ex-boyfriend that my mental health always got in the way and ruined my relationships because I would always uh, end up being too much to handle or, or, or bear or be around or my depression would get so bad or I would constantly be suicidal or try to hurt or kill myself and it would always just be too much on the people. And the person I was with. And the fact of the matter is also that I used to always, always put people first before me. I would always put anybody I was dating first. And I had to start learning to catch on to my, my patterns and learn to, to put myself first more and pay attention to my self-care and my needs and to not be to come on to people so fast and so hard like I did with my ex-boyfriend and uh, my ex-girlfriend even though I, I don't even know if I should call her my ex-girlfriend since we only lasted a month and it was an entire shit show and just a very bad time but you know everybody has that one bad relationship <laughs> uh But I I made sure to learn to stop leaning on people so hard and and stop making up people out to be my savior or the whole reason to live for. Um, I've learned to also try to start um, not really opening up to people as much or like talking about um things that are going on in in my head, I've just kind of learned to completely just save everything for therapy instead of talking about it with people. Um, because I just kind of learned and I wanted to make sure to stop my, uh, cause I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very open and honest person. And, um, so I just kind of learned how to, I had to learn to draw back a little bit and, and not overwhelm people with stuff or, or make them out to be my savior or like overwhelm them. Um, and I just try to keep, save things more for my therapist or just talk about them with my best friend. <laughs> but yeah, so after my ex-girlfriend there was times where, yeah, times where I was on dating apps and whatnot. Dating apps are just very, ugh. 
<laughs> um, of course, dudes, it was always so easy to talk to, and all the dudes, they didn't really want relationships. They all just be like, oh, hey, you're trans. I've always wanted to be with a trans girl or a trans woman. It's always been my fantasy. Blah, 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 blah. Or a lot of down low men messaging me. Hey, I'm discreet and down low. We would have to keep it a secret. Blah, 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 blah. Boringness. Ugh. I've never been interested in down low men. And I never would go out or date or have anything to do with them. I always turn them away. Like, sorry. No, that's kind of pathetic and sad. No, no interest. Because, um, for one thing, it's a, a total entire turn off that a man would be insecure and down low and just keep you hidden or not be out or open or honest about the person he's attracted to. And I don't want to be hidden and I have uh, self-respect, you know. I'm not going to be just going out here dating or getting involved with people who keep me hidden. Uh, no, not at all. Not, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I've always been very... Uh, I want to be with somebody who will be proud to have me, um, by their side and would, would proudly and, and without a care take me out on dates in public or bring me around to meet their friends and family or, or even just hold my hand or just be seen with me in public. And that's what I've always strived for. So I actually don't have any experiences or stories to tell about being with down low men <laughs> or discreet men because I was, that was not for me. I was like, <laughs> no, sorry, no interest. Bye. <laughs> um, but I, I did get with a bunch of, uh, a few people who've never, uh, been with a trans woman before. So I was a few guys first trans woman <laughs> because they were cute. And I was like, mm. I'll be like, oh, you're cute, and you seem actually cool, not not like like a chasery type of person. That's another thing when it comes to dating while trans, and especially on apps, is trying to avoid or um, the chasery type of men. And there's always ways to figure out and tell, you know. Obviously, obviously, um, the ones who just be like, oh, it's always been my fantasy, and blah 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 blah, and they see you strictly for only like. The, your dick or like physically those are the ones who avoid but uh there's there's actual good um trans trans amorous ones or ones who are actually interested in trans women more than just physically and those are the ones i would give the time of day to uh the ones who who would actually um even though they w weren't really looking for a relationship but you know but they would still have that respect for me you know it wasn't just the fact that i had a dick it was just that you know i was beautiful and that they've never been with a trans girl before and well like i said before i like being people's first because i mean well <laughs> i'm gorgeous i have a great amazing personality uh, i'm really good in bed and i take pride in giving people positive first times and you know what i mean so it's like I'm like the total package. <laughs> like, there was this one dude who I hooked up with. Um, and we, we hooked up with each other a few couple of times. And I went to the movies to each other for a couple of times. But it never really became a thing. Because he, he was in school and work and barely had much time. But I enjoyed the sex we would have. And 
uh, I was also a first trans girl. And the funny thing is that um, we still chat once in a while online. And he currently has a girlfriend and everything. And uh, he ended up telling me how, like, he he uh, misses uh, ha- having sex with me, though, because I was the best sex of his of his life. <laughs> and, yeah, pretty much there's so much about that. So I, I kind of it's kind of flattering to be honest. I'm like, oh wow, I'm the best sex he's ever had, and he still thinks about the times we had together. So I just kind of like <laughs> feed my ego. I, I like knowing that I was the best he ever had, and yeah, <laughs> uh, that even I trump being with a uh, a cis woman. So <laughs> I guess I can move on to trying to date women and my experiences in that um, area. I remember being at a party one time with a friend and everything and there was this I met this girl and she was very confident and very uh, very forward and she she was attracted to me and everything and we kept talking and hanging out and well mostly at the party. And I was attracted to her, too. Um, and it was all really new and different for me because uh, before transitioning, I thought I was gay and I only was attracted to men. Um, I never really thought I had an attraction to women, only because whenever I thought of women, I I always just instantly felt uncomfortable with it and, like, the thought or idea of, of uh, having sex with a woman, and so I just always just I figured and assumed that meant I was gay, because, um, but I was curious about getting with a woman, and I, and I wanted to, and I always wished that I could be bisexual or pansexual or whatever, um, so it's pretty funny to uh, learn and find out that uh, once I started transitioning and taking hormones. Uh, I began noticing women and my attraction to them, and then all, all of a sudden, clicking in my head that, oh my god, I've been bisexual this whole entire time. The only reason why it's just the thought of being a woman was uncomfortable and didn't feel right for me was because at that time, I was a man, and I always thought that I was a man, and the idea of being with a man with a woman just felt wrong and uncomfortable. But after transitioning and being hormones, uh, the thought of being with a woman as a woman, it, it felt more comfortable. It felt right. It, it was something I wanted and it clicked to me that I wanted to be a woman with a woman, not a man with a woman. So I ended up getting my wish, you know, I ended up being, um, here I am, a, a bisexual woman and I love it very much. So, um, but, the fact of the matter is that I've only had experience with dating and sex and flirting with men and never with women. So it was all new to me. So anyways, back to this really cute girl who was interested in me and I was interested in her. Um, she was very, she was also protective and everything, you know, like she would stick up for me. Um, because I was still very early in my transition. I think at this point I was only like one year in on hormones. 
or like a year and a half. And um, after the party, uh, she she and some other people at the party asked me if I wanted to go to down to the bar with them. And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. I was like, I'm just going to go head home first real quick. And I got home and I changed my clothes. I think I, um, yeah, I changed out of like sweatpants and a shirt or something. And I changed into like fishnets and a skirt and like a cami top. Uh, <laughs> I guess people would also call them spaghetti straps. <laughs> Tank tops back in like school days. <laughs> but, um. And I met them at the bar, and she was just like, oh, you changed for me, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, I was just so, so nervous and awkward around her all the time. And after that, we kept talking, and we went on a few couple of dates, and she invited me back to her place a couple of times. And I never, ever made a move because I didn't know how to, you know? I wanted to kiss her really badly and and make a move, but I was just so, so shy and so, so nervous and awkward around her all the time. I never knew how, and I, I kept hoping that she would make the, make a, uh, a move on me or, or ask me to kiss her or anything like that, but never really did. And I guess maybe I since I was just so shy and nervous and awkward all the time and I, I never made a move, I guess things just kind of, like, died down between us, you know, and I still kind of, like, kick myself in the butt for that, you know, I was like, oh, god damn you and your, your awkward, nervous shyness, why didn't you just ask her if it was okay to kiss her or something, and, and, ugh, she was, she was really cute, and she was really interesting, too, and did really great art, I liked her art a lot, and she had a really cool personality, and, ugh, I fucked up a really good chance to get with a girl. <laughs> um, and she was a cis girl. So, just throwing that out. <laughs> and now I'm another trans woman. I wonder what it would have been like. But, oh well. It is what it is. <laughs> From there, I would do... I would be on the dating apps, of course, obviously. You know, like Tinder, um, OkCupid. Um... For a while there, I wanted to take a, a break from guys and and wanted to try to date and strictly get with girls because, I don't know, I was just really feeling like I wanted, for a while there, I was feeling really more towards like I wanted to be with another feminine person and cuddle and and have a relationship with, with somebody who's also very feminine and, and a woman, basically. I wanted to explore the new bisexual side of me, I guess, since I had finally come to terms with it and I had zero experience with women. I wanted to explore that. It was hard because, well, obviously I completely screwed up a perfect opportunity because <laughs> I was awkward and nervous and shy and didn't know what to do. And yeah, but so I'd be on like, okay, keep it in Tinder, mostly, uh, trying to talk to girls and everything. Um, it was hard because I didn't really know how to. Like I said, all my experience has been with men. So I didn't know how to flirt or or talk to girls or when it's or go on dates with girls. And um after a while I learned that nobody will actually like message you first. You have to be the one to message them. So I I began to start just send a message to a few girls and stuff and girls are actually really, really hard to talk to <laughs> and 
they tend to play a lot of games. A lot of times, they really suck at keeping up with conversations. Uh, they, they go, like, forever without hitting you back up. You know what I mean? Like, there'd be times where I'd message somebody and a girl, and then, like, she would get back to me, like, a week or a week and a half later. And it's just like, oh, my God. And <laughs> so, half the time, they just either, they do that. They're really poor, bad and poor at, like, sending texts back and forth and keeping up with the conversation. Or just, they never respond. Or, and stuff like that. Um, it's been a few times where there's a really cool perk girl that I would talk with. I would come make plans for a date. Like, there was this one girl. I was really excited for it, too. Um, we had made plans for a date, uh outside like have a picnic or something but something came up and oh I think it was raining yeah that's what it was it ended up raining that day so we had to like reschedule sadly and then after that another time we made plans for another day and she ended up like we had to reschedule because she had to cancel or something because she had something come up and then after that just never really heard anything from her again (laughs) Then there was this other girl, and it's fine, because we're now uh, pretty cool, chill friends. I mean, I never really hung out with her or met her in person, because of her anxiety, but um, we chat online a lot, and it's become just a friendship, which is pretty cool and good, you know? Um, Not everything has to be about relationships or dating, or sex even, Uh, but she was really cute, and I asked her out for sushi one time, and she was like, yes, I would love that, and we were going to go... And then when, sadly, when it came to the day that, to our sushi date, something came up and everything, so, um, that got canceled. And then I asked her again if she would want to, uh, another time and reschedule, and she ended up telling me how, like, she would love to, but she, her anxiety is so bad around meeting new people, and, and she doesn't think she has the energy to do so, so. And I understand, you know? So, I didn't really ever get to go out on a date with her, but... You know, I tried. I definitely tried. It's it's interesting and hard because it just seems like they don't keep up with converse- messaging you back. If they do, it's always like a week or longer um, between. Like, their messages are always like a week or longer. And something always comes up. Like, dates always have to be um, rescheduled or... Or whatever, and it's it's just too many games. The uh, other interesting, fun thing that I always like to uh, notice is that I've I've always been fine with and interested in like uh, hooking up with a couple and everything. So there'd be times where on Tinder I've like matched with certain couples, but every time I would match with them, I would get a message and be like, "Oh wait, wait, are you are you?" No, wait, that's right. They would ask me if, if I still had a dick, and I'd be like, yeah. And then they would be like, oh. And then, like, they would, like, um, remove, like, unmatch me every time. So every couple I ever talked to and matched with, as soon as they found out that I was trans and still had a dick, they weren't interested anymore, and and that's the end of that. So, which is fine, you know. You know, they just want a, a cis woman. They just want... A woman with a vagina, especially since it's probably mostly the man in that relationship who's trying to push for this more so than the girl. 
<laughs> but it's all good. It's fine, you know. It just was an interesting experience. Another really short uh, lived relationship I had, um, I was with this. I don't know whether they were non-binary or a trans girl or just a dude who questioned their gender. Um, but they went by they, them pronouns. I think they were going by non-binary at the time. So I'll just stick to saying them. They, uh, they were interesting. They were, um, again, they were younger than me, which was another pattern of mine I've noticed. I've always kind of dated or had interest in people who are younger than me, you know? So I think they were like 20, 21, no, yeah, they were 20, and, uh, we had met on Grinder, and, um, they came over and brought me pizza and stuff, and we ate pizza, and just, well, we ate pizza, and then had sex and everything, and, uh, and then we would just chill and hang out, but when I met them, it was around the time of, uh, where I'd gotten out of the psych ward for three days and I was oh no that wasn't the time I was dating them when I was in the psych ward okay um sorry everything around that the entire time where I spiraled down into like chaos and everything uh I kind of don't remember some of it um <laughs> but uh so I'd met yeah I'd met them around the time I lost my job at Panera Bread because of, well, obviously, my mental health deteriorated so poorly and badly after I uh, cut myself with a knife. <laughs> they cut my hours really, really, really far back. I think it was primarily they did that because they must have realized, well, okay, to save their bed, they can't have somebody like, like me who was, who was constant anxiety, mess bomb, crying, because I even kept just crying uh, all the time. Uh, and being completely overwhelmed by everything and just crying. <laughs> so, and then afterwards, I just started uh, cutting my hours down. So I guess it makes more sense, you know, business first. I just wasn't a stable enough employee anymore to keep around. But also, I think it was probably they did that out of uh, um, trying to help me, I guess, to make things less stressful. But that only made things even much, much worse and harder on me because... I, I had my own apartment, you know, and I, I had to try to pay my rent and my bills and I was drowning and struggling even more and harder and harder and I was spiraling out of control more and more and more into my depression and anxiety and just, and the derealization was getting worse and it was, I was just a complete wreck and mess and I ended up losing my job and so then I was... I ended up being unemployed trying to find work. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I was dating them during all this time. I met them when it all first happened. I was still trying to figure out and explore and trying to understand what was happening to me because I didn't, I didn't know what derealization was yet. I just kept trying to find the, the, what it was, what I was experiencing. Like, I, I got obsessed with it. I was just, I kept looking it up, everything, I just kept trying to self-diagnose myself. For a while there, I thought I was experiencing psychosis, 
But then when I it clicked and hit me that it was couldn't be psychosis because I was very self aware of it. You know what I mean? Normally people who are in a psychotic psychosis episode, they are very much so unaware of it. And um, they are just completely full-fledged into their delusions or uh, grandeur of whatever. <laughs> grandeur delusions or whatever, stuff like that. So I knew it couldn't have been psychosis because I was aware of it all and I was trying to seek what it was. And my obsessiveness just, and you trying to figure out what was going on with me and happening with me, it, it just, I don't know, I, I can be really obsessive. <laughs> uh, I met them around this time, I was, I was mostly lonely, I, I took them, I took to hanging out with them and having sex with them for, to not be alone, I, I, I had feelings for them, and they had feelings for me, and we tried dating and everything, and they were polyamorous, so I also got to end up exploring and and um, being polyamorous again. Uh, well, I've been polyamorous or exploring it for mostly this entire time between the between uh, being what would be with my ex girlfriend and up to meeting this person, and. It was good, you know. They they worked full and had their own apartment. They were pretty well put together, and the sex was really good, and I liked them. But they were a little, and it always just kind of I didn't know how to feel about that. And for anybody who doesn't know what a little is, uh, I don't even know how to properly explain it. <laughs> or describe it, so I apologize if I slaughter this, um, and it might come off as a kind of biased way, but, like, they would, um, they told me when we first met that they were, they would sometimes have these, uh, little spaces, and th where they would go into it, and it was just, like, where they were, like, five years old or whatever, and it took me a while to wrap my head or mind around it because I it just kept making me feel really weird and uncomfortable. I was like, but then what that what what does that make me? You know, what I mean, it's like I mean, I'm not a pedophile. I'm not into kids, but this person is like 20 years old, and but sometimes they go into a headspace where they're like five and they act out and are five years old, and it it just completely threw me off, and I didn't know if I could handle that. And for a while there, we weren't going to try anything out because I, when they told me they were a little and about their five-year-old headspace, they go into sometimes for a while. And I was like, uh, that's too weird. I don't know if I can do this. And I stopped talking to them for a while. And I took a break and then I just came back and was like, hey, I think, I think I'd like to try this. I just figured that I would just avoid them around those times or something like that. Um, because I guess even sometimes... I don't know. It would just be really weird and awkward. But, so yeah, it worked out for a while. I think I was with them for like five months. Uh, we, we had really good times. They were, they were a really good, supportive, cool person. Um, the sex was great. Uh, <laughs> I got to explore a ball gag with them. That was nice because they were very like dommy and it was really good because I'm, 
I've always kind of wanted to explore a little bit of the BDSM interest that I've had, and I got to explore explore that with them, and especially since I'm more like subby bottom type, it was good because they were more of a uh, topish type. Well, they were a switch, but I mean, obviously for me, they were always top for me and very dommy around me. It was it was very hot, um, but I the little thing kept getting in the way and I started being bothered more by it and and questioning whether I should still remain with this person or not and it was the things that made me take a step back and look at myself or, or try to realize some things about being with this person was that like I said they were polyamorous so aside from me they were also dating this person who this trans boy who was like 17 years old I don't know why that kind of seemed weird because you know they're 20 and the 20 years old and the other person is 17 but whatever I mean you know um and he finally ended up having his other boyfriend move in with him and I guess he was also kind of a little and would go into a little space and they both, like, they were also, like, very short and looked really young, too, for, like, a 20-year-old. So, thing, it, especially sometimes the way they would dress, it just seemed kind of, like, kiddish or childish. And it, it would, ugh, I don't know, sometimes it made me really uncomfortable. But, uh, I don't know, one day when I went to meet up and hang out with both of them... Uh, they were at a library, and I walked over, and one of them, uh, the trans boy one, yeah, he was, like, doing a puzzle, and the person that I was dating, uh, they were working on the puzzle with them, but they were both dressed, like, I don't know, it was, it was a cute outfit, I guess, like, but, like, it was, like, kind of, like, an overall kind of childishly, like, kitty outfit, and in that moment, me sitting there with them, and thinking of myself, um, like, seeing myself with them, like, outside, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain this, or the best way or words to explain this is, as, but it's sometimes I'll sit there and I'll view myself from out of my perspective, you know, if that makes sense, like, and it always makes, weirds me out so much, I hate when I do this, it always makes me shiver and I feel really, really, really down or bad, but... Sometimes I will stop and look at myself or view myself or try to imagine myself what I look like from not my perspective, but like see myself through somebody else's perspective or like, or just, just, um, you know, like seeing myself like in front of me if I wasn't myself and I was another person like what I must look like or my mannerisms or or the things I say or even just my voice or 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 what my body shape or like body type might look like like just physically seeing myself in front of me it always makes me very cringy and feel really weird and uncomfortable and and then I feel really self-conscious and really down on myself and I hate myself because whenever I see myself in that way tends to always be in kind of a negative way. 
like, I don't know, it might have to do with some in the, my, me sometimes feeling like I'm not feminine enough or don't pass as a woman. So sometimes when I'll imagine myself or, or visualize myself in, in the perspective of somebody else and what it'd be like to be talking to or hanging out with myself, uh, I always kind of pick out and, and see Norris that I look rather mannish or that I don't pass or look like a woman. And I don't know. Anyways, I'm digressing. Uh, maybe that's uh, that whole thing I just described is dissociation. Who knows? But visualizing myself in that way, I always feel really self-conscious and down on myself. But so, yeah. So when I was sitting there at the table with them and I did that whole thing, visualizing myself and, and seeing myself with them and what I must look like, I was like, oh my god, what what is wrong with me? Like, what? Oh, why have I been with this person this whole entire time? I look ridiculous. I, I just, what must, what the fuck is this? It's like, I'm fucking like 20, what, how old was I at the time? 27, probably. 26, 27. Um, yeah, I was just like, what am I doing with, with him? Well, not him, but what am I doing with them? And I was just like, Oh, I must look ridiculous. I am. What the hell is wrong with me? And from there, I kept questioning everything. I kept questioning being with them. I even brought it up with them a few times and and try to talk it out with them. And they would always be, but age is just a number, and it's fine, and there's nothing wrong with it because I am 20 years old. And it was just the little thing. And the the way they would dress sometimes that was kind of childish and kiddish. It just it freaked me out too much, and it got in my head way too much, and it made me extremely uncomfortable. And I just couldn't deal with it or handle it anymore, especially after uh, being at the library with them and 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 seeing myself in that perspective and seeing how in my own head of how ridiculous I must look. And you know, what I mean, I just I just couldn't be with them anymore. And so I ended up breaking things off with them, <laughs> and and I ended up befriending um their boyfriend, but the bad thing is that I ended up breaking up with them after their boyfriend had also already broken up with them, and I had befriended his ex boyfriend, and so he and I would hang out and chat and talk and stuff, and I ended up actually giving him his first testosterone shot. So that was really cool, and I, I felt like a special moment. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was really, I don't know, it's something. And it was I did it so smoothly and easily. I mean, it took a while because he was so nervous and anxious and everything. He was like, no, 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 ah, ah, I, I, okay, not yet, not yet. And I'm like, all right, well, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> and when he was finally ready, and I had to help distract him, and not, well, not him, myself, but... He actually ended up dating my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and, um, so at the time, those two were dating. And and she was with us, too, as well. And, uh, as she was distracting him and everything, I st- stuck the needle into his thigh, and I pushed down in a syringe, and I gave him his very first testosterone shot. <laughs> Pretty badass, I like to think. I didn't miss her at all whatsoever. It wasn't hard for me at all. I just... Whoop, got it done and over with so who knows maybe that's something I should explore one day looking into being a body piercer or maybe just 
a person who takes people's blood at like American Red Cross or blood donation sites or whatever like that or clinics. I don't really want to be like a whole full-fledged nurse, but just a person who, who like takes blood. That would be interesting and fun because I I have no fears of needles and and I successfully, you know, needled somebody without any uh, prior knowledge of how to do it, and I didn't really hurt them in any way, so. It all went perfectly smoothly. So go me. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Where was I? Where should I go on next? Anyways. After him. Well, not him, but after them. I was back on Tinder again for a while. And I remember that there was this really cute uh, femi, uh, femme boy. He was really skinny and everything. I think he was like 24 or something. Uh, we're actually still um, just friends today now. But I remember he was messaging me and everything and asking me out on a date. And so we met up and went on a date. Uh, he was, I was surprised to learn he was totally my type. He was bisexual and everything. Which is um, another preference I have is... I prefer to strictly only date bisexual men and bisexual women or, you know, bisexual, pansexual men and women, um, only because I feel as though it's easier, you know, that the, just the fact that they wouldn't care as much that I'm transgender or, or what genitals I have and that over than what straight guy would, um, Obviously, I know not all street guys are like this. M- majority are, but not all of them. I've talked to a few who would be are really cool and chill, and not like chasery type, but like actual chill, cool, trans amorous men who are straight and uh, are attracted to a trans woman for just the mere fact that they're a beautiful woman and they don't care whether or not they have a dick or not. But um, in my head, I've always felt like. I would rather avoid dating a straight man because I don't want them to put this pressure on me to uh, fit in the perfect feminine gender norm and, and stereotype of being a woman and feminine. And I wouldn't, I don't, I don't, wouldn't want to feel like I have to be hyper feminine to to make them feel comfortable, you know? Um, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty feminine person, but I'm also kind of androgynous in a way. Like my interests are around like punk rock music. I love the whole punk rock alternative goth scene look and skater look scene. Um, I love video games. I love reading books on, and, uh, watching movies and TV shows. I'm actually pretty nerdy slash geeky. I don't really know the difference between the terms. I'm just going to call myself geeky more so than nerdy. Uh, let's just call me both. Nerdy, geeky, whatever. And, um, I like to dress androgynously. Or at least, like, more androgynously femme. Like, I always like to have this very feminine, androgynously feminine, uh, uh, style about me. You know? And I just don't want to have any pressure to have to act or be a certain way just to make somebody comfortable. Um, is that unfair to to just assume and put and that that's what 
uh, a straight guy would uh, place upon me? Yes, probably. But it's just so much easier and more comfortable for me being with a bisexual or pansexual man or woman because um, I just don't have to worry whatsoever at all about it or or about how they would take me being trans and and I just instantly know that they wouldn't care about my genitals whatsoever at all and will just like me and be with me for me. And um, it's also the same with women. Um, Another thing that's always been hard is that I try to avoid the turfy uh, lesbian women or I just personally try to avoid being with strictly just a lesbian in general because I know um, girls, or at least, well, lesbians specifically, like vaginas and date and get with women primarily and strictly because they don't like men and they don't like penises. So I wouldn't want to infringe on that, you know? I'm, I wouldn't. I don't know how to word this the best way, <laughs> really, honestly. I just, in my experiences, I just always felt very uncomfortable with the whole prospect or thought of being with a woman while I still had my dick. I, I would much prefer to rather, like, every fantasy I've ever had or any scenarios that played in my head of having a girlfriend or and, and being with a woman was always where I had a vagina, never with me with my dick. So... Yeah, uh, and turf like since I just used turfy and like turf lesbians and turf women, I should define that means uh, trans exclusionary radical feminism, which are basically also so stems with gender critical, which is also basically just another term that a lot of turf women, turfy women use who are just against trans women and who think trans women are are um, fetishizing or um, trying to get into and and steal women's spaces and I don't know you could look it up and read about their point of views and whatever I've actually uh, gone down a gender critical uh, subreddit before and read the things that they say. Um, it's a lot of autogynophilia stuff. Uh, I don't know. They uh, quote a lot of Blanche, whatever. I forget that dude's name where he talks about how like men men who or ice trans women are basically just autogynophilic men. I, I think if I'm mis- I could be misremembering this but and they believe that how, like, they are, uh, it's all, like, for sexual gratification, where they get sexual gratification for being, um, a woman who is having sex with a woman. It's, I don't know, it's crazy weird stuff. Just basically very transphobic and anti-trans stuff. And, uh, TERFs are also very, very, treat not only trans women very, very poorly, negatively, but also trans men, they... They are they they're just very very horrible to trans men, and they always call them betrayers to sisterhood or womanhood, and and that they're only becoming a man so that they can have privilege, and it's just 
It's crazy stuff. <laughs> Anyways, I digressed again. I've mostly only really ever had the thought or idea of dating a woman um, or at least being with a woman sexually after getting uh, gender reassignment surgery or gender affirmation surgery, whatever. They keep changing the names. It, it is what it is. SRS, GRS, uh, GAS, whatever. It's all basically the same thing. I just call it bottom surgery, but uh, sometimes when I just say bottom surgery, people think I'm talking about my butt. I'm like, no, I'm not getting a butt surgery. <laughs> my butt is perfectly fine just the way it is. Or just saying vaginoplasty is easier too, because that's actually what it is. But yeah, so I've always just actually felt a little bit more comfortable with the thought or idea of uh, dating or, or having sex with a woman um, after I got vaginoplasty. Uh, what was I going on about again? Oh, yeah, the femboy I was dating. <laughs> yeah, so he was a very, very, um, androgynous, like, uh, cute, skinny femboy. And, uh, he, he actually, uh, showed up wearing these really cute girl short shorts. And I was like, oh, your butt is so cute. You're so cute. Ugh, he was adorable. But, um, he also had really poor, bad anxiety issues. And turned out that he was a very subby bottom boy and um that wasn't really gonna work out between the two of us because I was also very subby and bottomy I mean I tried I really did try to uh get into a toppy like a top dom um headspace for him a couple of times but I just couldn't really do it because I always felt way too awkward about it and I didn't know how to get into that headspace or be dominant for him uh and he was also just very hard to date because he i don't know he was just kind of hard to get things going with um only because i mean we went on a couple of dates and and he was really cool to be with and um and the cuddling was great and cute and all uh, it was just that he was the type where, like, another person with, like, very poor messaging skills, you know? And then around that time, I had ended up talking to my current boyfriend on Tinder. We matched and talked on Tinder. He messaged me first on Tinder, and we talked for about a good month or so. And then I finally asked him out for coffee, and he said yes, so we met up for coffee one day, and we just talked and hung out, and I, I digged his vibes, and he was cute, and from there, I didn't really want, after we finished coffee and left the coffee place, I didn't really want it to end there, so I asked him if, you know, if he wanted to still hang out or whatever and he said sure so we ended up wandering and we just ended up wandering downtown the city that I live in and that's pretty much just it for our whole night we just wandered and went to random places and everything and we kept talking and uh oh we also went to the library I was like ooh let's go to the library so we went to the library looking at books and stuff he uh pulled out um art books and he was like ooh telling me about the artists that he liked and stuff and and we we have a, we learned that we had a lot in common, like we both love horror stuff, all things horror. We're both big fans of Silent Hill. 
He played all the Silent Hill games. I've never played any Silent Hill games, but I've always wanted to. He also loved creepy uh, dark art as much as I did. Yeah, I don't know. He just... Being with him just felt comfortable and right. And... I wanted... There was a moment where, like, I wanted to kiss him and everything. And for the longest time, I wanted to kiss him. And I just didn't make the move. I guess I kept waiting for him to make the move. And, um... Further on into the... The date, we, uh... Because we actually ended up hanging out from, like, 3 p.m. all the way until 11 p.m. Um, and as a first date, and there was a moment where I finally ended up asking him, Hey, can I kiss you? And he said yes, and so we kissed, and and then it's actually pretty funny. When we got back to his car to end up taking me back home, he was just like, Hey, uh... I want to have sex with you. Can I have sex with you? And I was just like, yeah, sure. And so we had sex in his car and everything. And I just find that really funny. I've actually said that to him uh, once. I was like, you know what's funny? It was funny because I was asking him, like, were you ever going to make the first move? And he was like, probably not. No, because he's very shy and awkward, which, again, my type. I have a type. The very nerdy, geeky, uh, fit, shy, awkward nervous type <laughs> he was like nah I wasn't going to and I was like oh okay he, I was like so you so you weren't going to be able to uh, have the nerve to kiss me but you but you are totally fine with asking <laughs> to have sex with me he was like yeah was like men men are so ugh men <laughs> but and after that date we ended up going out on other dates and and we'll the rest is history, really. We've been together now for a year and six months. July 16th is going to be like a year and seven months together. He's my longest relationship I've ever been with. And he's he's really sweet and loving and caring. And he's a vegan, too. And I, I used to be a vegetarian. And I, I love vegetarianism and veganism. So I, I try to make cute little vegan meals for him and whatnot. Uh, he, he ended up getting Silent Hill 1 and 2 and 3, so I got to experience playing Silent Hill 1 and 3 with him, and then I got to, and then I played a little bit of Silent Hill 2 with him. He also loves Resident Evil games, and I now finally just recently played through Resident Evil 1 through 4, so I know what he talks about now. <laughs> uh, I, I prefer Silent Hill games over Resident Evil games, though, so... Yeah, he's just really sweet, and we've never had a single fight or argument whatsoever at all. Uh, we have open, honest communication, and we have a lot in common. You know, we just we just mesh really well together. I guess that's really just about it that I have to say about my experiences dating while trans. I mean, I guess I could... Uh, go on more about my current boyfriend <laughs> um oh my god we both explored an, um, an abandoned asylum together with another friend of mine and it was so much fun it was both something we've always wanted to do and we both got to do it together and it was so much fun and cool and stuff you know uh it was a great day and a fun exploration um i got a whole bunch of pictures of of that Maybe I should 
put it down in a I should like put it down in a, a a link. I think I actually still have a uh an Imger album of our adventure down at the uh abandoned asylum. I might do that in the description. I'll link I'll link it link that album down below so you can see our adventure. <laughs> and we both love cemeteries and gothy things. He's like he's an artist and draws really cool creepy stuff and which I love. I love seeing his sketches and he plays guitar and makes his own music. I think he uh, works on music with an online friend he has in Europe or something. I forget where. He's supportive of me no matter what. Um, there's been times where I stopped and asked him, would you miss my dick if, if when I got rid of it after getting a vaginoplasty? And he told me, uh, no, he would. He loves me no matter what, whether I have a penis or a vagina. And it's great. It's great to have that, knowing that he has that support and that I wouldn't really be letting him down if I got rid of it. Which is obviously probably a really stupid thing to think about or worry about. <laughs> but, yeah, and I even ended up meeting his family and everything, and his family seems cool. Um, it's an interesting thing where uh, his parents don't actually know that I'm transgender. They just assume um, that I'm a cis woman. And it's really interesting because I've never um, been around people who didn't know I was transgender. And um, I just never corrected them or came out and told them about it. It kind of uh, makes me feel good knowing that I passed that well. And um, it still just shocks and surprises me so much. I'm like, are you sure they don't suspect that I'm transgender? Because I mean, my boobs are still pretty small. You know what I mean? And but just no, they they don't. They never asked me if I was trans. They never actually questioned it whatsoever at all. You know, it's um, it's actually pretty funny. My my boyfriend told me how his mom told him one day, just don't get her pregnant. <laughs> uh, it's so cute and funny because I can't get pregnant at all. Uh. Maybe if I just don't ever come out to them and tell them I'm a transgender, I've already came up with uh, excuses to say, like, if she ever brings up, like, kids with me, I'll just be like, oh, uh, no, uh, sadly, I'm sterile. Um, I just, I can't have my own kids, but I would love to adopt or be a foster mom one day. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really me lying. I am sterile. <laughs> it's just that um not completely telling the truth and the reason behind that <laughs> and I've he's he's completely just told me um that either way at the end of the day it's my choice whether I want to tell them or not and uh his parents are both more conservative and right-winging I've asked him would they be more awkward like would they be awkward around me or feel weird around me and he said yeah they probably would be and so I've just never decided to tell them that I was trans I don't really ever plan on it um, because I don't want it to be weird or awkward, you know? And plus, ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, you know? I guess, obviously, if, uh, the day I ever do get vaginoplasty, which I hope will happen one day, uh, she asked me about what surgery I'm getting, I guess a good lie I figured I can come up with is just not really 
a full eye, I mean, I'll tell her that, oh, yeah, I'm getting vaginoplasty, but I'll tell her the reason behind why I'm getting vaginoplasty is because um, I'll be getting it as a corrective surgery because I was born uh, with a shallow vagina that's a bit small and that kind of hurts uh, during sex or even tampons or whatever like that. You know, um, whatever the... Um, I'll just tell her the reason behind it why... Uh, uh, cis women get vaginoplasty for to fix or correct anything that's going on down there. That reason why they would need uh, vaginoplasty. So hopefully that would uh, work. But also, I don't really think uh, or that I should have to talk about such a personal invasive uh, uh, surgery or area to, to discuss anyway. So hopefully maybe if that day ever comes, I won't really have to tell her what surgery it is <laughs> and have that conversation because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter <laughs> but yeah so that's it for uh my experiences with dating as a trans woman and yeah a lot of hiccups here and there in my experiences and I know that for a while there I learned that like my mother I tended to see that I need, for me, I, I learned that I would view things and think things as I needed somebody in my life to love, just to feel complete and whole. And my mom was also that way. She felt like she needed a man in her life um, to be happy or ha- or just to be happy or she just felt like she needed a man in her life. And for a while there, I felt like that too. And, um, I don't know. I had to work on that. And like I said, leading up to when I met my current boyfriend, uh, all the things I learned that I needed to work on and make sure I applied with dating and seeing him and make sure I didn't grow uh, attached to him too fast, too hard. I made sure that I didn't come on to him too strongly. I made sure I didn't discuss, uh, too many personal things that was going on with me mentally or emotionally. I made sure to save all that for my therapist so I didn't lean on him too hard. I made sure to, to take things slow. And I think that all really helped to build a good relationship foundation that we have because I, I took all the time to do all that. But also, I think another factor that um, worked is the fact that I've been on antidepressants and I had, around the time I had started my antidepressants was the time that we started dating. So maybe the fact that the antidepressants have helped to me to be more stable and always in a content state and not as much of a mood swinging, having a lot of mood swings or being, feeling things over too overwhelmingly or obsessive. I've also noticed that my antidepressants have helped with my uh, obsessive uh, ruminating thoughts that would drive me crazy or insane and keep me up at night. Uh, at the end of the day, they just really, really, really helped me a lot. And I'm glad I finally worked through getting over the fear I had of antidepressants and trying them because they've really helped me out a lot more. They really helped me in, in stabilizing me emotionally and mentally. 
And I'm hoping that we'll keep making it so far. I mean, I can actually see myself have a life with him, you know? I mean, if we're still together, and I'm pretty sure we will be, but will be, in all honesty. I don't have as many doubts anymore of of him leaving me randomly out of the blue like everybody else would, you know? Um, between my ex-boyfriend and my ex-girlfriend just randomly just out of the blue ending things. It just kind of led me to feel uh, weird when it came to dating with people that I was afraid that all of a sudden they would break up with me and end things like what happened to me the two times with them. With them. It's not really a fear or a worry I have in the back of my head as much anymore. But sometimes I would be there or whatever. Once in a while it'll pop up and I'll worry and, and hope that he's he's not going to end things with me or something's not or worry just I just have that worry that all of a sudden out of the blue he's not going to want to be with me anymore but I I keep that um in control that worry in control as best as I can and hopefully that day never happens and in December we've been together for two years and it'll be the first time I've ever dated somebody in two years. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and this is my very first ever experience with being in a long-term relationship. And I I feel good and happy about it. And I love him. And I would also hope to one day in the future be us having our own place and have our own garden we can, where we can grow like fruits and vegetables or, or a bunch of flowers and instead of having me like every other normie person out there in the world we could have like uh instead of just short cut lawn it would be like flowers everywhere or like some creeping thyme and just plants everywhere They're just a very lively growthful bountiful beautiful yard and i would love to try going vegan with him one day and one day I hope to be, whenever I figure out a career path for myself and get myself financially stable enough where we can be on our own and take care of each other and where I can take care of um, a teenager or a child, I would love to one day uh, adopt. But I would primarily want to adopt teenagers and older kids, but like when I say older kids, I mean like eight and above, because <laughs> I, um, because I don't really like babies or little kids, because the crying annoys me, and, and and I don't really want to, I just don't like the overly neediness. Like that's another thing that comes to me when, when it comes to dating is that I just don't like neediness or needy people at all. <laughs> um, it's always been a uh, turnoff for me. If anybody got needy or clingy on me, I would bounce and run instantly. I'd be like, nope, not for me. But anyways, I digressed again completely. So anyways, I just don't like kids or babies because they're overly needy and they whine and cry too much. And oof, no, thank you. Um, but I would love to adopt a teenager or an older kid because they're the ones who are always stuck in the system and end up aging out of the system and all alone in the world and I would love to be able to give them a loving home and help show them that there's good in 
people in the world and that there's that they're loved and that they are lovable and that um help them with their schoolwork and keep them in school and and hopefully if i have a a, a stable enough financial situation i could have set up a college fund for them and spoil them with their favorite foods or take them out and do whatever it is they want to do with them you know and just show them that life is not going to be as terrible as it's been to them so far not everybody is as shitty as people have been leading up to the way they are in life and prove and show to them that they can switch their life around and make it into anything they want all they have to do is try and hard and try hard to do it and I would support them no matter what that's the dream I have one day you know Plus, I think I can connect much more easily with a teenager than a kid, only because uh, I have kind of ambiguous morals. <laughs> and, um, I don't really want to have to teach a child right from wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be a good mother one day. But I, I'm only going to think about that um, path until in the future when I'm financially stable and mentally and emotionally stable. Thank you for listening, and um, if you want to reach out and uh, leave me any feed feedback, uh, you can always send a message to whatever this fuckery is podcast at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at what even is fuckery. I also have a Twitch account. If you like watching people play video games, I have I Twitch stream mostly mainly horror games and story driven or single player games. I've recently lately been playing through Near Replicant. But yeah, you can find my Twitch at twitch.tv slash solastampier. And last but not least, I have a Discord server that I made uh, for this podcast. And um, the invite link is on the Anchor profile page. Um, so if you want to join the Discord and chat with me about whatever. Again, thank you so very much for listening. And I'll have all the links to everything I just plugged in down below. Except for the Discord. You can, Like I said, you can find that on the Anchor uh, bio page of this uh, podcast anchor.fm <laughs> yeah so I'll link the email address the twitch the and the twitter down below in the description and I will also put a link down below in the description as well of the photo album from my boyfriend and I's adventure at an abandoned asylum bye